welcome to this week's episode of Seen and Heard, industry updates for the modern dairy family. I'm Darby Toth, a technical field services representative with Western United Dairies. And I'm Melissa Lima, the North Coast and organic field services rep with Western United Dairies. Season two, episode 19, here we come. Here we are. <laughs> we, uh, we have to give our weekly weather report, Darby, because it is a doozy this week. You guys are having a little bit of a heat wave nothing too crazy no it's gonna be about 95 here today once we hit the late afternoon and, and Melissa I don't think you're having the same kind of weather as we are yeah we're almost 50 degrees less than you it's uh 48 right now at one o'clock in the afternoon so not gonna get too much warmer today it's just been a damp cold foggy a couple of days it's great for the coastal grasses they need that fog but I think the coastal people are all a little bit tired of it. We could use some vitamin D at this point. We'll say that. So, wow, what a what a difference a few hundred miles makes. Yeah, California is sure a diverse state. Speaking of that diversity, Darby, we have one of our North Coast dairy producers on the podcast today. I sat down with Jennifer Beretta of Beretta Dairy up in Santa Rosa. She is great. She's not only an awesome dairy woman, but she is super active in the industry and beyond and is really a great storyteller for the dairy industry. So we chatted with Jen this morning, she, just a really good interview. And she talked a lot about how they operate their dairy and then a little bit about their recent AMP project, which is a pretty cool project. So I'm excited for that. And then of course we have our market update with Tiffany this week, but um, a, pretty, a pretty good episode, but just light on the updates, which I think is needed now and then. Yeah, I think every once in a while, everybody's okay with a little bit of quiet news. No new regulatory changes. That's the key key takeaway, I think, from this week's episode. Exactly. Well, with that thought, let's jump right into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Jessica with PG&E. 811 is a free service to keep our community safe. Before you do any digging, PG&E will mark your gas and electric lines so you don't hit them. Call 811 before you dig. Learn more, visit pg.com slash safety. Hey folks, hope you had a great week. Well, exciting the markets uh, kind of near Wednesday was word that consumer price prices jumped about 0.8% between March and April, the largest monthly gain in over a decade. And that was up 4.2% versus April of last year, the largest year over year increase since 2008. Um, dialing down to food, food inflation rose a little slower pace, up a half a percent on the month and up 1.7% uh, year over year. Food at home prices climbed 0.6% month to month, while food away from home lifted about 0.3%. Uh, also uh, news this week was that uh, the restaurant recovery continues in April. Chain eateries saw same-store sales up about 6.84% versus 2019. Moving over to our dairy commodities, I think all this um, news of continued commodity shortages, sharply higher uh, midweek corn prices, and sort of overall inflation gains uh, provided a bit of a tailwind for the CME spot cheese market midweek. Um, though ultimately, later in the week, heavy supplies sort of kept a lid on gains. Blocks finished the week at 172.50, down two, two and a quarter cents. Barrels settled at 173, up a quarter a cent. 
The jitters in Chicago kind of midweek provided some definitely some upward momentum in the futures market as well, with class three futures uh, in the third quarter topping $20 midweek. Um, however, setbacks Thursday and Friday erased some of those gains. Retail sales for cheese um, started the month on a uh, on strong footing with purchases of natural cheese up about 10% versus 2019 levels uh, for the first week in May. Food service numbers also um, looking pretty healthy, though a lot of contacts are suggesting that restaurant pipelines are about nearly full. So we could see um, orders there ease just a bit. All eyes still remain on the grain markets. It was a pretty uh, volatile week. We finally saw a setback in the grain complex late in the week. Uh, we also got a USDA report. Uh, USDA estimated corn ending stocks at 1.257 billion pounds for the 2021 season. Also, the new season uh, came in with, within expectations. Uh, the figures offered little fodder for market bulls and, and nearby corn and soybean futures declined. Also, as we heard of damage to a bridge on the I-40 corridor, which caused closures along the Mississippi, Mississippi River and delaying some grain shipments. Uh, USDA reports uh, corn planting progress got to 67% as of May 9th, that just above the 65% uh, this time last year and definitely above the average of 52% over the past five years. Moving over to butter, uh, it was a pretty quiet week in terms of trading activity in Chicago. Uh, though we did see a nice lift in prices, up 10.5 cents to 187.50 close on butter for the week. Sounds like uh, retail data, uh, retail demand is hanging in there for butter. Uh, for the worst, first week in May, uh, sales were up about 15% from the same period of 2019. We are seeing fewer grocers, though, running uh, promotions on quarter sticks. Uh, finally, in the non-fat market, we saw spot prices ease uh, slightly as ample supplies at least temporarily eased concerns about shortages later in the year um, if as you know potentially milk production responds to higher feed costs. Uh, the market closed at $1.30, still a very nice level, uh, down two and a quarter cents. Next week, we'll get a few reports. We'll start off the week Tuesday uh, with another global dairy trade event, as well as get the milk production report on Thursday. Have a fabulous week. Yosemite Farm Credit is the farmer's choice for agriculture financing. As a farmer-owned cooperative, we are dedicated to serving our neighbors in the agriculture community with financial products and services tailored to your operation and backed with the relationship you can trust. Whether you're purchasing real estate, making improvements to the dairy, or wanting to purchase or lease equipment, we're here to help our members prosper. Visit our website at yosemitefarmcredit.com to find a branch location nearest you. We would love to welcome our Western United member and delegate from District 3, Jennifer Beretta, to the show. Hey, Jen, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. We have wanted to have you on for a long time, and I'm glad to have you this week. And um, we, you have a great story to tell, Jen. You partner with your dad and your family at Beretta Dairy in Santa Rosa. You're an organic dairy farm. 
but you also have a ton of involvement in the industry as a whole. So maybe you could start out just by telling us a little bit about yourself and your dairy and how you keep all the balls in the air. I, I couldn't juggle as much as you do, that's for sure. Yeah, thanks, Melissa. Um, so uh, I'm fourth generation on our dairy in Santa Rosa, Beretta Dairy. Um, I work with my dad and my brother. Uh, my grandpa is still on the dairy. Um, he had a back surgery that went wrong a few years ago. So he's no longer able to like do the equipment work, but he drives around in his golf cart and makes sure we're still doing things to his liking. <laughs> um, and I'm also really fortunate. I am sixth generation in Marin County on my mom's dairy. So dairy has been part of my life forever. And, and I kind of knew that's where I would end up after college, uh, graduated from Chico state with an animal science degree worked on the organic dairy um, and was able to bring a bunch of stuff I learned there when it came to like pasture management and even some breeding um, back home to the dairy um, to, uh, you know, for my dad to kind of step back a little bit. I handle a lot of like our pasture rotation. Um, I AI all the cows and I do a lot of our organic paperwork on top of being a Sonoma County Farm Bureau president. Uh, Redwood Empire, Holstein president, um, like Melissa said, a uh, member of Western United on the delegate side. Um, I sit on California Cattle Council board as one of the dairy representatives, and I could probably go on with the list, but um, it's been a great thing to be able to have a voice for agriculture in all those, um, all those areas and still be able to work with my dad and my brother um, on the dairy. I know it's a full-time job for sure, just to be on the dairy and add in all those different service organizations you're a part of that's another full-time job so we really appreciate you taking the time today Jen and just the time to to be involved with Western United in general in addition to the dairy um, just your day-to-day -day job you guys do a lot of tours and you are very open at the dairy about really trying to teach the public and legislators and just anyone who has legitimate questions about what you guys do so do you want to talk a little bit about that and why you guys are so open. It's it's a tough time to be that open as a dairy producer. Yeah, you know, um, I it was kind of instilled in me through my dad. One of the examples he gives is uh, when this area kind of was hit with the uh, tiger salamander and and um, endangered flowers. A lot of dairies and ranches in the area kind of closed their driveways and didn't want the environmentalists on. And my dad and my grandpa kind of welcomed that um, because you know, they wanted to show that cattle grazing in the vernal pools um, was actually a benefit to this habitat. So we have 75 acres that's in vernal pools. Uh, we have salamander habitat and endangered flowers. Um, but I think it was something that we, we continued to do when it came to leadership groups that wanted to come in and learn more about the dairy industry. Um, like you said, we've had senators, legislators out here. Um, and, and, you know, you got to bring in your school kids too, because they're the ones that go home to mom and tell them how great the dairy industry yeah, is. So totally. um, I think that was something that really we've just continued to carry on. I'm sure people maybe think, you know, we do it too much, but you can never do it too much, um, at least in our eyes. And we're right on a main road, um, yeah. you know, due to a lot of the activists, my dad has thought about, you know, putting up the fence, but we're known as that dairy that has the baby calves out front. And I would never want to take that away to the, the general public that drives by and really enjoys seeing that every day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not to hit on too sensitive a subject. I know we were on a call with your dad earlier this week, um, but the activist situation is really a real issue for dairies, especially in your area, probably due to its proximity to the Bay Area. But really quickly, not to get too deep on the subject, but um, you want to talk a little bit to, to what that means for you guys. I know you've had people show up, they're holding vigils and bearing witness and all kinds of those kind of buzzwords for your cattle. But um, 
maybe you can talk a little bit to what that means as a producer when you see that kind of thing happening at your dairy. Yeah, so um, when, you know, DXC kind of started to come into the area, it was one of those nerve wracking things, you know, you'd get the alert, like there's animal activists in the area and you almost changed up your entire day just to watch the front of your farm. Yeah. Um, and so that puts you in a position where you aren't getting your work done and they just kind of caused havoc for that day. And, and as we use the resources, you know, from Western United and CMAB and even our local farm bureau and, and the sheriff's department of how to handle that and make sure we had the right signage, you started to feel a little bit more comfortable that if they came, you had the resources in your pocket to call the people that we were supposed sure. to call. Um, but, you know, one thing was, is, is, you know, my dad went out the one time we had the guy flying the drone that we didn't know was flying until we oh, saw yeah. Facebook footage um, oh, and just talked to him and, and, you know, engaged in a way of like, hey, I'm going to take your picture and I'm going to, you know, inform my sheriff that you're here and they're alongside the road. So there wasn't much we could do, but we just kind of sat and watched and we knew that what we were doing was okay. And the, the 1% of the people that were commenting all these videos was not the general public that eats our product, you know, drinks and eats our product and enjoys the cows. So it's one of those like catch 22s as much as you're really angry and you want to just like tell them to leave. You almost just had to not engage and, and let the sheriff handle it. And yeah. they were going to move on and whatever was going to be on Facebook would soon be forgotten because they were going to throw another video of some other industry. So um, it's still nerve wracking to this day. I know just recently uh, it was our dairy princess and got the call that there was potential activity in the area. And I, I told the ladies at Dairy Princess, hey, I'm going to be late because I can't leave here until my dad gets back in case somebody shows up. So, so it can ruin your day, but uh, you just got to keep trying to, you know, go on as normal. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's the key. Um, it, it can ruin your day and they probably want to ruin your day more than anything. Their job is to put a wrench in what's going on. And I think you guys have a good attitude about it. It's it is hard. I do know people that have to sit at the end of their driveway for a couple hours, even if it's just to make themselves feel a little more secure. It's, it's, it's frustrating, but I think the approach of just, if you engage, keeping it minimal, keeping it cordial and polite is probably the best approach. And you guys do a good job of that. It's, it is hard not to, I mean, some of the stuff they say is pretty off the wall, so it's hard not uh, to yeah. argue with them, but it's, it's kind of the reality, especially as you said, you guys live on a busier road. So it probably garners a little bit more attention than, you know, somebody down a private lane or something would. Right. Right. Well, one of the things you guys are doing, um, is you, you recently completed, or I think it's just about complete, um, your ant project. And that's quite a process. We've talked to a few producers who worked on ant projects, can you talk to me a little bit about that AMP project and how you guys worked through the process and what exactly you did? It's a pretty cool project. Yeah, so um, uh, our AMP grant was automatic scrapers with a separator system where we will use that manure back into the beds and on, you know, on our fields. Um, we were a scrape system before, um, which then we would use sand in our bedding. Um, so, you know, this was going to save multiple truckloads coming into the dairy, you know, and fuel emissions uh, for sand. And this was going to save about three hours worth of time of our bobcat being used. Um, so I think one of the biggest hurdles as we were issued our AMP grant was COVID started. Um, and getting anything done was near to impossible. Without our UC advisor, one, we would never have completed our application. Um, and I say we, my dad did majority of our application um, and my brother and Art Weiss, one of our dairy mechanics were the mm -hmm. two that installed the entire you know, thing. 
Um, so, you know, Randy, um, with our UC dairy advisor, she helped us because that, that process in itself was difficult. You know, they asked for numbers that I, I don't even think without our UC advisor, we could have ever figured out. Um, right. so to start, you know, it was one of those, like, are we doing the right thing? Are we, you know, is this, are we even going to get granted? And once we were granted, it was like, great. And then it, you know, COVID hit and it was like, oh crap, you know, um, getting our separator here from Holland was a hurdle in itself. You know, it was four months, uh, sat in the port and then we tried to find it and it went from Washington to Portland to SAC. And then when, once it got here, there was actually damage to it. So, you know, I think, I think maybe I'm the wrong person to ask of like how successful (laughs) your project was, because it was, you know, during a time where our supply chain was so hindered with COVID that just getting our stuff here was really difficult. Um, our scrapers are in and, and being ran, there are still some corks, but it's amazing to see those things move. Um, the, the separator is finally being used and it is amazing to see what is coming out as a final product. And now we're still, um, you know, making sure the right moisture is out of it, that it's heating to the right temperature. And, um, we did put finally one set of the compost in, um, what I call my first string, which is all my Holstein, that side of the barn, the freestyle barn, um, in for bedding. So we're slowly getting there. Um, we're waiting on our conveyor. So we won't be able to babysit the separator. We're right now separating into bins and then we're moving it. So the conveyor will be able to convey the manure over into the holding area that we have. Um, but it's been, you know, it, it's really neat to see run. Um, I never thought that we have a, I have a nephew. He's our fifth generation would never know how to like scrape the barn with the Bobcat. You know, you think about the, the rubber scraper. So yeah. it's neat. It's neat that things that he probably won't do in his lifetime and to see such great technology running and to be part of a program that reduced methane, especially for us up here in the North coast, you know, the AMP grant is, is where it's at for us that are out on pasture, you know, a digester would never fit our operation. We would have to feed it during the year, during the months that we are out on grass and, and we're really not close to any major pipeline um, to even put that gases back into. So I really appreciate you know, the AMP grant. And I really appreciate, um, you know, I'll even say Mike McGuire, who's been fighting for us, you know, to get more money into that program uh, currently in our budget, because he sees the benefit for, for all dairy, you know, that program fits all dairies in California, not just, you know, your small or big, where I feel like the digester program is great, but it really fits that big style dairy that has the the means to go right into one of those gas pipelines where we up here in the North coast don't have that. Totally. And I think it, it looks like we're hopefully heading to some more funding for AMP and some good things are going to happen. I know the program has, you know, partially due to COVID and a lot of other factors has kind of put them been on, kind of been put on hold. But I think, um, I think you guys have a great project going. I'm excited. I haven't been by to see it yet, but hopefully in the next few weeks, I'll get over there. And it just sounds like a great option. And, and as you said, AMP is a good option for smaller dairies who still are, have the interest of reducing the methane that they produce and, and separation is a really great way to do that. There's a lot of other tools in the toolbox, but that's a really good, you know, targeted way to reduce methane in some cases by probably 50% on a, on a small dairy, which is quite significant. So yeah, thanks for yeah, and, that. <laughs> yeah. And, and what's cool is we're, um, so we also were granted a healthy soils grant this year. Um, so we were kind of double, we double whammied on how we were handling all of our stuff and um, what's going to be neat is instead of buying our compost, we're going to be able to utilize the compost. We did a compost project. Um, so we'll be able to utilize our own compost now into the healthy soils program. So I think it's like a huge full circle. And those programs are, you know, even though they're a little tedious when it comes to applying and how to, you know, 
make sure you're following all the steps. I really think in the end, they're great tools. And, and I think even after the three years on the healthy soils project, we're going to continue to use those, those tools, you know, for the future. Awesome. Yeah, that's good to hear. There's a lot of, a lot of tools in the toolbox these days. So we appreciate you guys always taking the initiative and jumping into that stuff. Um, Jen, before you go, anything um, you'd like to share with the listeners or, you know, any dairy industry topic you'd like to hit on with our audience? You know, I think just in, in today's world of COVID, I think we saw milk, uh, the need for fluid milk, you know, everyone was at home, they're eating cereal and, and now as school starts back up, um, maybe a drop may come. And I think the importance is to continue to, to show the benefit of what the dairy industry does how we're upcyclers. You think about what we feed, you know, I, we feed almond holes and a product called Okara, um, which is a soy byproduct. And to really hit home those messages of what we've done just in the last, you know, five years and what we're going to continue to do and how beneficial milk is for your diet. Like I just really, you know, hope everyone that's listening. And I know we do as our own dairy industry, but like, I really hope we continue to do that because I think that's going to be the, you know, the future of how we message a lot of um, the things that the dairy industry does, you know, instead of going on the reactive, we really got to go proactive on what we're, what we're doing and what we've always done for, for years and years, you know, this isn't anything new to us. We're just now being kind of in the spotlight about it. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, we're bringing a super nutritious nutrient dense product to the, to the market to possibly, you know, a lot of food insecure families can get densely nutrient milk at a lower price than a lot of other foods that are available, but we're also doing it while bringing a net benefit to the climate and the planet. And I think that's a really good proactive message. I agree. And we really appreciate you always being at the forefront of sharing that story and your story and just being a great producer and a great member. Thank you. We, we really enjoy it here and our doors always open and uh, we're always willing to get on a call and, and, you know, tell everyone what we do. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Jen. We, uh, can't wait to see that AMP project and we look forward to seeing you out in the field hopefully soon. Thanks, Melissa. Did you know that you can turn your dairy manure into cash? Bennett Environmental is offering above ground dairy digesters at no cost to you. These systems can also remove nitrates from your lagoons to help you comply with water board regulations. Our proven above ground technology will generate income for your dairy into the foreseeable future. Because we truck the renewable natural gas off site, your dairy can profit regardless of your location. Bennett Environmental, turning your wastewater liabilities into sustainable assets. Learn more at bennett-environmental.com. A huge thank you to our economist, Tiffany LaMandola, for sharing this week's market update and to WUD member Jennifer Beretta for taking the time to sit down with us today. Remember that you can reach out to us with questions, comments, and content requests. For the podcast, you can reach us at wud.pod at gmail.com. Melissa can be reached at M-L-E-M-A at wudairies.com. And I can be reached at Darby, D-A-R-B-Y at wudairies.com. And if you're still listening, I'd like to give a little plug for June Dairy Month. I'm looking for members to feature from across the state. So please shoot me an email if you're interested in being featured or know someone who might be. And with that, I'll wrap it up and ask you to remember to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite platform and have a great week. While West United Dairies respects the varied views of our podcast guests, 
please know that views expressed on Seen and Heard may not necessarily reflect the positions of the Western United Dairies Board of Directors. Thank you to Western United Dairies generous business sponsors. Gar Bennett, California Dairy Magazine, Farm Credit Alliance, FNR Ag Services, Moss Energy Works, Bennett Environmental, PG&E, and Yosemite Farm Credit. We appreciate our sponsors and thank them for their continued support. If you'd like more information on how to sponsor Western United Dairies or this podcast, please send us an email at info at wudairies.com. That's info at wudairies.com. Thank you.